somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. Yet to come this hour on That Kevin Show, she's a media and technology entrepreneurial superstar, Laura J. Wellington. And she is the first lady of TV's best kept secret, Amanda Jenkins from The Chosen. And we're back to the spotlight stage, where Luke Combs performs fresh off his trip to the Grammys. And now, back to Times Square, affectionately called the hair-sniffing, butt-dialing capital of the world. Here's Kevin. I'm not... I'm, I'm not down with labeling Times Square that. Who, who, who authorized that copy? That didn't come from my office. Maybe it's those new writers that are coming in. I don't know. What? I wrote that? No, I did not write that. I No. I, I would never say such a thing about Times Square. I love Times Square. Times Square is the quintessential essence of the greatest city not only in America, but on planet Earth. I, I, hair sniffing? Well, that's true. When, when uh, the president comes through, it becomes kind of icky, a little bit uncomfortable at times, actually, uh, especially if you're a, a small girl or a married woman. But that's just the uh, way things go these days with Joe Biden in the White House. Welcome to Hour 2. We've got a big show for you. I'm very excited about Laura J. Wellington being with us. She was on my radio show just a couple of weeks ago, and she's got the most unique concept for uh, community building, merging with technology that we've seen in the post-pandemic era. I think you're going to kind of dig that. And then a little bit later on, Amanda Jenkins is back with us. Now, you may know that we were at, on the old show, we were at the season premiere of The Chosen as it broke out in theaters with episodes one and two last fall. Um, and what an incredible season this has been. If you're, if you're a fan of The Chosen, if you're not, you need to go see it. It's on the Angel app. I think the first two seasons are available on Hulu uh, Netflix, maybe they're, they're, they're kind of all over the place, but they've had 600 million people view this show. And yet a lot of people still don't know anything about it, but the final two episodes of the season have been released, uh, episodes seven and eight, and they are, uh, they are coming up. Uh, well, they were in theaters last week. They're going to be on the app now. And, uh, we're going to talk to Amanda Jenkins, who is the first lady. Uh, she is the wife of the producer, director, founder of the chosen, but I got to get to some news stories first. And, uh, this story out of New Jersey, uh, I don't know how to, I don't know how to, to feel about this. You've got, um, Popular New Jersey Italian restaurant will um, they're they're saying that they're going to ban kids under the age of ten. Um, and when you dig down into it as to why, 
um, the 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 restaurant's kind of honest about it. I, I, I don't know if this is your experience or not, but you know, you, you go to you go to eateries sometimes, and you go, huh? Why would anybody bring a child here? Well, this is supposed to be a family friendly restaurant, but look at what uh, the the rationale, the reasoning is for uh, the owners. It says we love kids, we really truly do. But lately, it's been extremely challenging to accommodate children at Nettie's. It's the famous uh, New Jersey Italian place. Uh, between noise levels, lack of space for high chairs, cleaning up crazy messes, and the liability of kids running around the restaurant, we have decided that it's time to take control of the situation. We know this is going to make some of you very upset, especially those of you with well-behaved kids, but we believe that this is the right decision for our business moving forward, said the restaurant. Literally, they're going to kick kids out under the age of 10. And you know whose fault it is? All these horrible parents that are raising these monsters all around us. Speaking of uh, overreaction, the NBA uh, decided yesterday to fine uh, one of their top players uh, who just got traded to the New Jersey Nets from the Dallas Mavericks. It was this big trade. New Jersey Nets sent uh, Kyrie Irving to the Mavericks. The Mavericks sent two players back uh, to the Nets. Uh, the I say the New Jersey Nets? They play in Brooklyn. I should know this. We're based out of New York. I've, I've got to know this. This is important. i got to get that right. Anyway, um, they've decided to find one of the players that was recently traded to the Brooklyn Nets $40,000. $40,000. For what they consider to be hateful speech. This is the NBA. It's not. It's not the legal arena. It's just self-governance by the league of its own 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 people. Um, but they they um the Nets had won a game. The NBA reporters on the sideline uh, from ESPN or wherever, and he's got the microphone, and he asks the player, Mr. Dinwiddie, um, about what a good-looking couple of players they are. And he said, uh, you know, we may not be the best trade package, but we're the best-looking, and the Nets needed some help in that department. That's what, that's what the, the player said. And then he adds this statement, we already had good-looking guys, no homo. That was how he finished the interview, to which the reporter then says, oh, the, the, the league's legal office might have fun with that. And sure enough, he's been assessed a fine of $40,000 for saying we already had good looking guys, no homo. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you hear the actual um, audio. Take a listen to this. You had to bring the good look because you guys were lacking that. I, I seen it, but I was like, man, he's just talking for the last. We already had good-looking dudes, no homo. <laughs> but you know how it go. <laughs> All right. I'm sure the legal office will enjoy that one. Uh, Spencer, you guys have obviously... That's all he said. And he got fined 40 grand for it. Now, people say, well, that's a slur. Is it? Is the term homosexual a slur, or is it an apt description of what he was referring to men who like other men, the way most men like women. That that's the, that's the 
textbook definition of homosexual. But because he said, we don't have anyone like that on the team, now he's going to have to pay $40,000. He had to issue an apology on his Twitter feed and everything else. And t take a listen to it one more time. You got to bring the good look because you guys were lacking that. I, I seen it, but I was like, man, he's just talking for the last. We already had good looking dudes, no homo. But you know how it go. <laughs> All right. I'm sure the legal office will enjoy that one. Uh, Spencer, you guys have obviously. Up. He thinks it's all funny. He's, he's bragging about what good looking guys they are. And he's, he's bragging about what good looking guys they are. Basically saying that they look good enough to be as handsome as homosexuals, but they happen not to be. So where's the slur? Where's the slander? He's actually complimenting homosexual men as being good looking. He actually makes a positive statement about how good looking homosexual men are. Because he used the abbreviated version of the word homosexual, homo. This, this is the insanity that our culture has um, devolved into. It doesn't matter what the actual meaning is. It doesn't matter what the actual meaning of the word is. It doesn't matter um, the context. It doesn't matter the intended outcome. It doesn't matter if it's a compliment or something that's degrading. Which it it was not degrade. It was not a degrading comment. But now, everyone, including the NBA, is so pins and needles on everything related to language and sexual expression that they said, "Nope, sorry. We know it wasn't degrading. We know it's use of a." common term. We know that the term wasn't distorted to mean something that it wasn't supposed to mean. We know that you weren't insulting anybody. We know, in fact, that you actually were complimenting them, but because you did it and you grinned and giggled, $40,000. $40, Being crazy, we're coming to you live from New York City. Love the fact that you're with us and hope that you'll stay right here. Because on the way, Laura J. Wellington, Amanda Jenkins, and Luke Combs, before we're done, don't change that dial. It's that Kevin Show. Now, back to that Kevin Show. Kevin McCullough. All right. My next guest appeared on my radio show a handful of weeks ago. And the, um, the passion with which she brought the subject matter to light was so moving, I decided to, to ask her to come back. And then I found out she's involved in so much more than what we talked about the very first time. Uh, she's interfaced with the celebrity community. She is a Jersey native, proud and loud, and she is here to join us. Please welcome Laura Wellington.
good. How are you? It's so nice to see you. Thank you. Nothing makes a Saturday <laughs> night like uh, people that want to do positive things. And uh, you've got a story about a lot of different aspects of your life. Um, and I want to get into a few of them tonight. But um, specifically, when you were on my radio show a few weeks ago, you talked about the need for people to find community and find ways to be connected and to, uh, and, and you went out and you did in an entrepreneurial fashion, something that was rather unique. And I wanted this audience to know about it. Tell us about Zneeks. All right. So Zneeks is a new app. It's available at the Google Play Store, soon to come to iPhone. I have to say that. <laughs> and what we do um, through the app is we connect people who are looking for new friends, maybe someone today, but it's more focused on friendship, um, who, um, who are of similar vaccine status. Our world has sort of been shaken up. And a lot of people really have an issue with either hanging out or, or dating someone of a different vaccine status, as crazy as that sounds. So what I did is I decided to create an app that made it easy for people to find other people like them um, to become friends or more. And um, it's really been working um, because we center it around walking. So we don't, we take it out of the bars, we can get out of the coffee shops, wherever, and we put people out into the parks. So this way they can maximize their health, their, their physical health, while they're maximizing their social and emotional health. And it's something that, like I said, we just launched in December. We've gotten a lot of publicity on it. A lot of people are jumping on board really proud of it and i see it as a way to bring this uh this nation back together because so i think as more people become more comfortable in their own footing and in their own social um support groups um they're more apt to have the conversations that might be a little bit more difficult but what that we need to have so that's well, what we're doing with sneaks as it's as, as crazy as it may sound to some people watching or listening tonight um i totally get how this would work because and and you're you're kind of um vaccine apostate on the on on whether you have the vaccine or not this is this is more pairing people up that have similar uh circumstances right so on the app what you can do if you're unvaccinated you can opt into the unvaccinated group if you so choose and then you'll only meet people that who are unvaccinated and the same goes for vaccinated people you can opt into the vaccinated group and you only meet people who are vaccinated and if you don't care either way you can opt into that group and you meet everybody but everybody sort of finds their niche and yeah. they stay in there well, it's interesting because even this week, the headlines are for the city of New York and uh, in a few other places, required mandated vaccination standards are being relaxed in a lot of different areas. And I don't personally, um, you know, have an issue one way or the other. Like I'll socialize with anybody. Uh, right. my, my bride and I will go to parties of people who have been vaccinated, who haven't been. And at this right. point, uh, there's a good chance that you're going to be with some of both almost anywhere that you are. Um, and, and maybe some of them have had all the vaccines. Um, but let me ask you about the COVID um, criteria as it takes a toll on relationships in general, because I do notice that people are more snarky about mask wearers or they'll roll their eyes at a vaccine ad that comes on from the New York City Public Health Department or uh, right. something like that when they are in social settings. And I'm, I'm wondering, 
on the aftermath of COVID with to the degree that they did or didn't work and the, and the shutdowns did all the damage they did and everything else. Do you think we can ever get back to a situation where there's not some degree of, I don't know, uh, critical uh, cynicism about that two years that, that we went through that? I don't think we're ever going to go backwards and get back to where we were. I just don't. Because I think what, um, especially among the unvaxxed, um, you'll find um, specific to dating and relationships, okay, is that there is a real concern and also uh, in some ways empathy for people who took the vaccine and what that might bring about. Um, The worry is that what you're seeing on many of these um, sports fields when people are collapsing young people, that that's coming from the vaccine. And and there's just so many unknowns and what those unknowns will, you know, the ripple effect going forward. I think that's a real concern to the unvax. So you're gonna see- Very scary trend with all of these young mostly men that are very athletic and very healthy um and falling over i mean the the buffalo bills player was the most dramatic example but that that has happened from high school fields to tennis courts everywhere else over the last couple years too with a kind of an alarming rate on one of my shows i have um the Fox News Medical All-Stars on pretty regularly, Dr. Siegel and Dr. Sapphire, and we've we've covered that somewhat in depth. But um, right. and it does, I mean, and you could get myocarditis from the vax from the uh, virus too. So it's right. you know, there, there's a possibility of either direction. Well, what's been the response to Zneeks, and how do it's- people get it? Well, um, so it's been really fabulous, actually. Um, we like I said, we just launched into end of December. Um, we've had a lot of media support on it. Um, but also the people are hopping on board and, um, and, and I love that because I see that the need that I spotted is very real. Mm. Um, and you know, like I said, I don't think it's going to be going away anytime soon, even if the, everything's relaxed, there's this ripple effect that's going to no, carry that stuff is under the It's under the, and, the carpet yeah. of what's gone yeah, on. Yeah, so it is gonna... under the carpet. It's a good way of putting it. So um, so we've been really pleased with it. And um, you can get it right now at the Google Play Store. Download it there. Um, it is coming to iPhone. We're just getting our final approvals there. But like I said, we're doing really well. We're very, All very right. proud of it. Zneeks, is there a URL if people want to go online? Yeah, um, Zneeks Friendship. And friends, sneaksfriendship.com. All right. And it's sneaks, like sneaks, sneaks. but yeah. Z N E E X. Yeah. But it's pronounced like sneakers. Uh, right. All right. Um, she is Laura Wellington, and she's lived a very uh, kind of exciting life, done a lot of different yes. things. Uh, she's written a book that uh, is, has made a big difference, and we're going to get into a lot of this as we continue. Let me also just remind you, a little bit later on, we're going to talk to one of the writers, producers of one of the most successful TV series this year. Uh, the Chosen Season 3 has just torn it up, and uh, Amanda Jenkins is going to be with us. Before we get back to the music spotlight and turning for his second dose of the night. It's all straight ahead. Kevin McCullough, very glad to have you with us and hoping that you will uh, stay right here for That Kevin Show. Don't go away. Ready or not, you'll be right back. That Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough.
he is from New York. That Kevin. Kevin McCullough. And we're back from New York. Yeah, I know, but it is New York, and we love it, and that's why we're here. Uh, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us, That Kevin Show. And my very special guest is Laura Wellington, who, again, she was just on my radio show a few weeks ago, and I said, you've got to come back, and you've got to talk about all the other stuff that you're doing besides the good work at Zneeks. Go check it out, Zneeks or zneeksfriendships.com uh, uh, online to uh, get that there. Laura, one of the things that uh, is unique uh, to you is that you have um, you, you lost your husband a number of years ago, your mother of five, uh, one of which right. is still at home. And you have taken that experience and poured it into a life from interviewing celebrities to writing a book to even founding the Zneeks app to try to impact and help other people. What what drives you? Just that, the impact of um, wanting to help other people. You know, when you lose somebody so young, I was 35 when I lost him, wow. um, it definitely changes you. I had four little kids at home. Um, I definitely found myself in um, my choices going forward. And I couldn't think of a better way to honor his legacy than to create, continue to create projects um, that that helped others in uh, achieving their life dreams and uh, overcoming their battles and whatnot. So everything I've done since that point has been positioned to do that. Um, I'm not someone who ever wants to add to the negativity in the world. It's always about positivity. Yeah. Well, uh, and in doing so, Forbes magazine uh, has named you with an award. Uh, you were named the Garden State Woman of the Year uh, for your home state, uh, and you've been asked to give a TED Talk. Uh, so right. I mean, you've, you've, you've certainly been recognized for your good work, and I think that that's uh, certainly uh, deserved. Talk to us about your book, uh, Be Careful What You Wish For. All right, here, yeah. I'm going to show it. <laughs> so it's award-winning. And um, I took the story of um, my life with my husband and, and even a little bit before my late husband, and um, I turned it into a, a true love story, a romance novel based upon real life. Um, we went through a lot as a couple, and um, as a family, um, you know, he had had cancer and, and I helped him move through the emotions of dying. But then all this, that which came, all the love that we poured into our life and our children and um, uh, even moving you know, on to going, you know, going forward in my life. Um, it's all in that book. And then there's some really interesting things in connecting with um, my faith. Um, and how that moved me to get through. And, and some what people would even consider miracles um, or connecting um, with God in a way that helped me make the decisions I made in moving forward and, and picking up pieces of a life that was already large and trying to mold it into something new that left me whole and able to go on and also left my children whole and able to go on. Um, so, uh, it's really, it was one of those books that I was told by the publisher that I would have to dig down deep in. And, um, and it, it has some stories 
that are very personal to me. But what I find with, with everybody who's reading it is that no matter what age, no matter what life they've lived, they see themselves in this book. Hmm. And and that speaks to me in so many because if you everyone who's reading it sees themselves in it, that's pretty remarkable. And I think that's why it's done so well. But it is a true love story. And nice. I think the world needs a love story right now, especially. We need a love story because it gives us hope. It gives us belief. Well, you mentioned the negativity. And I don't think, I mean, as someone who's forced to uh, comment on the news of the day in my day job, Monday through Friday, um, our society and culture is so tribal and it's so us against all of you. And if you're not on our team, then you're, you're evil and you're rotten and bad. And I'm not saying that evil doesn't exist in the world. It certainly does. That's why I, I stand for certain things and believe certain things and want to pass those beliefs on to my kids. But I think that we will win many more um, hearts and minds by doing it through winsome, transparent, honest, sometimes brutally honest life uh, right. being lived in front of them rather than uh, you know, a pointed finger in their face. And I think that that's kind of the beauty of, of what you've laid out here. You've given them a little bit of hope in that process. I think it's a wonderful thing. For Wellington, it is a privilege to have you on the show. We are honored that you came by. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Ready or not, you'll be right back. That Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough. that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. All right. My next guest is a key integral part of the most streamed television show in the history of streaming television. Uh, in fact, uh, some would say she holds all the keys to the kingdom because the guy that created it and produced it, all the rest of it, and his like germ of an idea that came to life. She's his bride. So of course, You've got to know she's got a lot to say about The Chosen is what I'm talking about. And uh, what a great uh, series they've had this year. And as we've uh, covered everything from the opening weekend at the theater to uh, the, the the weekend closing at the theater and then coming to the app, uh, we are very, very pleased to welcome her. Uh, her name is Amanda Jenkins. Amanda, welcome. It's good to have you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, it, 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 it huge year for you guys. Season three, and it just, I mean, it became more addictive to watch the, the more the episodes went by and the longer the wait was for the next one to come out. And <laughs> even my 10-year-old is like, you know, just dad win. And, um, you know, I'm so glad that the, the final two episodes are, are out, uh, as of this conversation there, they'll be out through the end of the week and then coming to the app. But, um, talk to me about what the response has been like. You handle a lot of the kind of peripheral content that goes with the, uh, the, the TV series, the devotionals and some of the other, uh, content that people are consuming. What are people telling you? 
I mean, the, the, one of the coolest things is what you just said is that the kids are, um, are even loving the show, which was, is just a gift to us. Cause we didn't really in, you know, we didn't, we just didn't intend for that. Didn't, didn't, we weren't intentional about that. Yeah. Um, just we're trying to make a good story and then the kids are understanding it is just the coolest thing. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the widespread cross cultures, cross personalities, cross ages, um, response has been incredible and has been fuel for our fire because it keeps us, you know, motivated to keep going. So Dallas at the beginning of the, of the season, um, right after, well, just before the, um, the first two uh, episodes came out, by the way, you've received a movie guide nomination for best picture, uh, from a cinematic standpoint, uh, this year because of that, which is, <laughs> that's probably not something you guys were thinking of. <laughs> Um, nope. making a TV show. How's it going to be a movie? But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's been a great experience, but he was telling us the story of how God brought him to this process to, yeah. to be writing the chosen and kind of the dramatic steps that God had to take to wow. get him there <laughs> yeah. as he was going through that. What did you learn about your husband and about his relationship with God? Gosh, I mean, what I learned, it, it's, it's endless and it builds upon itself. But um, I would say that watching Dallas really come to the end of himself was, was really painful, but it also was beautiful because his, I mean, he just, he released everything to the Lord in, in, in the most sincere way. It really was after his movie, he had a movie that failed and it became that typical story of suddenly you don't get returned phone calls from from the producers that had been calling previously, and um, and it, it, he really was saying, "Gosh, I don't know if I'm ever going to make a, a, another movie, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do or how to support my family." I mean, he was open to to anything and far outside of his field. And then to just see the Lord give this, he had he had been thinking for a couple of years, gosh, it would be great to see the story of Jesus put into a multi-season show format because then right. you could really um, explore all these characters. Um, but it just was so on his heart to do it at that time, largely because he just loved Jesus so much at that time and he was clinging to Jesus at that time. So that was just, you know, all he could think of, except there was no way to do it. And so it became this step-by-step -step everyday walking with Jesus and and showing him, okay, now you're going to take this step, and now you're going to talk to this person, and now you're going to talk. And it just became a totally different human, somebody who took the reins before to somebody who um, followed faithfully the one who had the reins, I would say. And yeah. so as the wife, you know, you have to do that too. And and I was the bill payer, and I knew we didn't have any money to pay our bills. And then just to see step for step, God provide what we needed. And so we knew we were going into this kind of wilderness walk, but we were seeing um, the steps were very close together and God's provision followed right after um, each requirement. And so for both of us, it was just this first timid walk. And then you get, you're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And oh my gosh, look at what God does in the wilderness. And, and it just became this amazing new adventure for us. Um, yeah. Well, the, the show just wrapped uh, season three, and I know that um, it's a seven-season arc. Is that correct? I think that's what Dallas said when he was with God us. God willing, now. that's the plan, yeah. yeah. Um, and what, what was the reaction to the noted um, intensifying of the story this year? I mean, it, it, it really got quite intense, uh, especially compared to the first two seasons. And 
I mean, I guess the death of Jesus isn't something that could be covered lightly, but no. um, what, yeah, what's been the reaction? Dreading it. We're, we're dreading that part. Um, the reaction has been um, great, um, though some of the intense, you know, the more intense it gets, the more opinions there are about how, <laughs> how we're doing things. Can't imagine that to be the case, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, it keeps you honest. It, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing to have, um, to have a lot of feedback. Um, but yeah, I think it's been, to be honest, it's, it's what we've needed in our own life. We're, we're carrying some heavy burdens outside the show. We do things outside the show actually too, um, <laughs> and are carrying some heavy things. And so it's been interesting that the theme of this season is come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And that Dallas and I are in a season of needing to come to Jesus because we're weary and heavy laden. And so um, it's it's amazing to have the show you're making to minister to other people continue to minister to you. Um, and it gets, you know, it gets even more intense in the last couple episodes of this season. So um, I think part of the beauty is to see God in the midst of really hard circumstances for all of us. I think for a lot of viewers has been... Um, the Bible says he's the great comforter, but what does that actually look like? And the Bible says that he grieves with us, but what does that actually look like? And so I think some of it is we're, we're being drawn toward a savior that's just compassionate and kind and present. Um, and so we're seeing that for a lot of our viewers too, which has been pretty cool. Amanda Jenkins, thank you for your time. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Thank you. You got it. Kevin McCullough, we've got a big show straight ahead on That Kevin Show. Don't go away. Ready or not, he'll be right back. That Kevin. Serving it up with a no-drink minimum. It's that Kevin show. Ladies and gentlemen, he has, for his lifetime, been nominated for six Grammys. Here's Luke Combs. A cold beer's got 12 ounces. A good truck's got maybe 300,000. You only get so much until it's gone. Duracells and a mag light. A needle drop on a 45. Are the kind of things that only last so long. When the new wears off and they get to getting old. Sooner or later, time's gonna take its toll. They say nothing lasts forever, but they ain't seen us together. Or the way the moonlight dances in your eyes. Just a t-shirt in the kitchen with no makeup and a million other things that I could look at my After years of shift work Are fading out like I always knew they would The strings on this guitar The first love lost on a young heart 
Those things are gonna break after the getting's good. Cause the new wears off and they get to getting old. Yes, sooner or later, time's gonna take its toll. They say the music of Luke Combs rounding out that Kevin show. A big thanks to Laura Wellington, Amanda Jenkins and Eric Metaxas. Please come back next week and join us once again for that Kevin show.